0: Hello and welcome back to Harnett Gill's Tilly 701 podcast. Today we will be discussing top 10 teaching tips for uh, teachers do that do not have official training. Now, I was one of these individuals who spent the last 10 to 12 years uh, in industry working in dealerships. And in about the last year year and a half is when I started teaching. And uh, absolutely, when you start, you kind of just go into the deep end and it's uh, survive and thrive, right? Um, There's definitely things that I wish I had known when I started teaching. uh, And these 10 tips are going to be based off what I've learned in the Tilly 701 course combined with my own experience. Uh, The first thing I learned or the first tip I would like to uh, share is uh, lesson planning. Have a clear and concise lesson plan for going into a class. A lot of time for things to go wrong as part of your planning. Uh, One thing prior to to this uh, Tilly 701 class that I was doing was um, create questions you think the students are going to ask. That way you'll have an, an answer ready. Now you can't predict everything a student may ask you. However, it's a good idea to Try to look at your lessons and your content and think of what a student might ask. So something that's maybe a little bit different than what you'd be expecting uh, to deliver. One of the benefits of this as well, if a student does ask, you have a, an answer ready. Secondly, if the student doesn't ask a question, it can instead be a question you propose to the students to check their learning. Uh, now, lesson planning I was doing prior to the Tilly 701 class was a little... Uh, less formal. It was sort of just scrawling on a piece of paper what I plan to do. Uh, in the Tilly 701 class we discover BOPS and there is a great resource uh, at uh, umanitoba.ca um, and these resources are attached to a word document. Um, so this is resource number one lesson planning um, It breaks down BOPS to some degree and explains what that exactly means. But what I really like here, aside from the explanation of the BOPS model, is there is another resource tied to that same website, um, and it's a link to actually Algonquin College's uh, template where it breaks down a very nice template for getting into a lesson and lesson planning where you can put in the bridge in motivation, the pre-assessment you intend to do, your learning objectives, resources and time because time is so important time management must be controlled in a classroom. You need to break down and determine how much time you intend to spend on each part of that lesson. Uh, When you have a resource like this where you can actually use a template and keep everything in order, your lesson is going to go a lot more smoothly than referring to a a piece of paper where you've uh, written down what you intend to do uh, a little bit more uh, loosely. This really will help you organize and um, have your lessons moving in a more fluid manner. Okay, tip number two, make learning equitable. Try to view the classroom from different students' perspectives. Understand that not all of your students are going to experience and understand things the same way you will, and they won't experience and understand things the same way as the students sitting next to them will. Now, uh, there's a whole lot of uh, UDL techniques uh, that we can discuss but one of the main ones I want to go over, and I think a tip that's really uh, helped me is uh, in relation to making content accessible online. And um, this is this is huge, I believe, for students, particularly the ones from the current generation that are so have uh, are so ingrained with their technology that they'll spend a lot more time on the internet than uh, we did in the past, and they'll more willing and uh, more able to navigate the various technologies out there. So in order to make learning equitable, what you can do is utilize that fact, control how you put your content out, put it on, uh, make it available to students, but make sure that the content you make available to students is accessible to everybody. So I have another resource here. Um, The website is uh, unisa.ed.au and this is resource number two, Making Learning Equitable. There's links uh, here in this document that you can follow along with. And it breaks down what you need to do to make your online content accessible. There's no point in putting all your content online, trying to help students uh, get the information in another way if it's not accessible to them. Right? So we have to make sure or try to make sure that all of our students have a chance to succeed. Because at the end of the day, our goal is simply to help the students succeed. Tip number three, address why they should care. I, I really like this, uh, this tip here, and this is something I've um, ingrained into almost all of my lessons now, and I always start with this. Uh, another, another term for this could be uh, address student uh, motivation. So start off a lesson explaining the value of what they're about to learn, And this will keep students interested in the content. As you go through your lesson, refer back to how it will will be valuable to students, why they should care. Uh, And if you can always tie it back to why students should care when you're uh, coming up with your content, creating your content, or, or just reviewing it, you can understand or you can see how the students will value that content as well. Now, the resource for this is, I'd say that the resource for this is actually your own experience from industry um, is invaluable here. As someone who's spent time in the field, you have um, a vast amount of knowledge as to what's valuable and what's not valuable and why. Now... Whether you'll be able to understand everything that's valuable or not valuable is uh, something you'd have to look at and try to figure out. um. And one thing you can do is, as you're trying to figure out, well, is this valuable to students, Is what you can actually do is you can ask them. You can propose to a, a class of students, why does this matter to you? Does it matter, matter to you? And then you can use that information going forward. Number four, embrace technology. Technology is a wonderful asset and can provide for an alternate, an alternate means of delivering content, assessing student understanding, or providing additional support. Take the time to flesh out how technology can be meaningful to your class. Now I know embracing technology sounds uh, sounds a little vague. Um, there's actually a really a really good resource that I found at uh, uh, during going through the Tilly content here, and uh, it's essentially a, a a SAMR model that has added what technology can be used for what parts of the learning process. So if you go into how can you analyze or or look at uh, analysis, there's a a list of technologies that are useful to work in conjunction with that. If you're looking at evaluating, so a student's ability to evaluate something, there's a list of technologies that are useful to that. Um, That sits as uh, number three on my resource list embracing technology. Number five, employ active learning. Use activities that engage students with the course material. Act as a guide as students uh, take the reins. And I think this is very important. It's very important to allow the students to sort of steer the ship in their own learning I really like this resource here at Queens, queensu.ca um, teaching and learning modules. And there's a whole group of assignments and or rather different activities you can perform. And, and what I like about this resource here, this is resource number four, is that it breaks down what activities are useful for different size classes. So if you have a small group, There's a whole bunch of activities you can perform and go through, a large group, a whole bunch of activities you can go through, and even down to the individual. Uh, Not only does it list the activity you can do, but it gives a very good explanation of how to perform that um, activity, and it gives you pointers as well. Active learning is key in students um, enjoying your class and actually learning on their own with you acting more as a guide. Tip number six, use formative assessments. Assess students as they journey through the learning process. This will allow you to adjust your learning activities and lessons around students' strengths and weaknesses. You can choose how you teach a lesson by determining if students are learning. So Using formative assessments is essentially going to allow you to adjust what you tend to, what you, um, what you want to teach the students versus what the students know, and what the students have learned. Formative assessments are very important in going along in the learning process because we have to make sure that the students are understanding uh, what's going on as you go through your lessons. If students are having a hard time and there's no formative assessments, there's no testing in between or any sort of way to measure students' understanding, you don't know until you get to um, a test or an exam or, or, a, or a midterm. And at that point, students, if they're not doing well, they're going to go in, they fail a midterm or they fail a test, and it sort of creates a, a bit of a, a negative Feeling around the class or it creates a negative um, atmosphere. I can't count the amount of times where I've done formative assessments um, in a sort of informal way where you're just probing students' understanding of what's going on, and many times students are only starting to begin their understanding, so they don't have a complete idea of what they're what they've learned. they're still putting it together. You can then talk to a student, understand if they've um, are beginning or headed down the right path in their learning, and if they're not, you can guide them and help them learn. And then when they get to the the end of a lesson and you allow them to put it all together, perform another formative assessment, they can see how they've begun to learn and how they've begun to understand the materials. CMR Russell's uh, high school has a great resource here, and it is essentially 54 different examples of formative assessments, so lots of options out there. Um, And this is uh, resource number five you can go through all these different formative assessments, and there's ones that are are a little bit shorter and faster to get done versus ones that would take a little bit more time. And there's just so many options here that you'll definitely find something you like. One I really like is... Uh, called three things list three things that a fellow student might misunderstand about the topic I think this pro- this causes or a, a, will have a student probe a little bit deeper and try to think of something that's harder in this lesson or harder for someone to grasp or understand and then they can assess almost themselves whether they understand it or not number seven value students collective knowledge The student body is diverse and the unique experience of each individual is an asset that can be utilized to enhance your course get to know your students various backgrounds and during various discussions you can propose questions around them or you can have students answer other students questions guide them along and make sure that the question is answered you want to connect with your students and understand where your students are are sort of coming from. I usually start off a class, and I, I I let the students know that collectively the knowledge, the pool of knowledge that the students bring into a class is huge. And if they have questions that uh, you know they want to get addressed, they can always ask me as their instructor. But why not talk to the students around them and see if they can help each other understand uh, certain aspects. And you can even begin to see how students' knowledge coming into a classroom where or their, um, their prior knowledge uh, can be a huge asset to a class as I've gone through teaching the same subject a few times uh, getting information from students who have such a wide background uh, at the end of the day even if you've spent the last 15 to 20 years in industry if you have students that have a wide range or um, a, a large scope of working in different sectors of the trade there's always going to be some value there that you can pull and you can bring that forward going into your classes. For example, um, I've worked for Chrysler for the last uh, about 10 years, and when I have discussions around certain automotive components, I can always refer back to what Chrysler does. However, since I haven't worked for Mercedes, I can't, um, to a very specific degree, break down what Mercedes does. What I do have or I have had are many students who have worked for Mercedes. So pulling the information from those students, uh, sharing it with the class, and then taking that information and sharing it with future classes can enrich the whole course. Number eight, surround yourself with good people. This has got to be one of my favorite tips here. Um, There is a an article on cultofpedagogy.com slash marigolds. And this is resource number six. Find peers that will help build you up, support you, and energize you. As a new teacher, the value your peers can bring is immeasurable. They've shared similar experiences. They know how to avoid certain pitfalls. Uh, For example, as a... An instructor here at Centennial College I'm very lucky that the instructors I work with a lot of them are marigolds now when I refer to them as marigolds is if you go through this article it explains the the value of the plant marigolds and how uh, they can benefit the the various other plants that grow around it and they can help the other plants thrive so being around these marigolds these instructors that are good people and are willing to help you and uh, build you up is uh, very valuable. Now, there are also some instructors or some individuals that will create a bit of a toxic atmosphere and we refer to them as walnut trees. Um, and they can have a poisonous effect on the trees around them this article is really good at explaining how to identify the positive people that you can be around as well as how to avoid some of the uh... negative people tip number nine make yourself available to students outside of the classroom um, Some students do not feel comfortable asking questions uh, in class just due to their uh, introverted nature, and uh, it will take some time before students are comfortable enough to actually raise their hand or or put out some of their ideas. In uh, some courses, the courses I I teach, for example, the classes only last uh, four weeks, so uh, three times a week, roughly, uh, for four weeks is not a lot of time to or not, in some cases, enough time for someone to break out of their shell. Uh, they may be willing to do so or come to you and ask you questions outside of the classroom. So one tip that I found is uh, or one thing that I found useful is as students will often become a little bit overloaded and kind of forget where your office is or not understand how to reach you. Uh, Typically on the first day you'll give a bit of a breakdown of where you can be reached, where your office is, your email address, so on and so forth. Um, What I like to do is on the second day I'll give a little bit of a quiz, uh, just a short quiz, and the first question is Where is my office or what's my office number? Uh, Putting this in the quiz uh, makes it so that every student knows where they can find me. And then when we take up the quiz and we we discuss the answer, you can see right away the students who got the wrong answer are definitely going to now know where to find you and then you can give a little bit of a a breakdown of exactly where your office is for example if they've gone into uh... the door and they look through the next door and they look through the glass and there's a vehicle on the hoist they've gone one to one uh... uh... door too far or you can give a bit of a breakdown as to how they can find you exactly when you'll be in your office and you want to make sure that you are available to students Uh, to some degree. Now, you don't have to be available to them 24-7, but you should have a a solid way for them to contact you um, outside of the classroom. Tip number 10. Uh, This is a tip that I've learned Somewhat in the Tilly class, uh, as well as um, outside of the Tilly class, and um, it sort of really rung true for me as we were going through a school meeting, and uh, the dean or the dean of the school had uh, mentioned uh, how important important this was, and um, I realized it to be true. And it was: be yourself. Um, students will be more engaged if they're uh, talking to the real version of you. When I started as an instructor, um, you didn't. I didn't really know. Well, how should I engage with the students? Um, what uh, What's the best method moving forward? And I really found that what you need to do is be yourself. Now, I couple this um, uh, this tip here, be yourself, with have fun. Uh, for I'd say most individuals being fun is probably part of who you are. Um, it might not be all you are, or it might not be the hugest degree of of how you would define yourself. But having fun is very important to the learning process. And I believe that if you can incorporate fun into the classroom, students are able to learn um, in a more relaxed environment are and are a lot more open to learning in your classroom and listening and participating and understand what's going on. Um, I have a, a resource here at uh, Open Colleges, uh, two, 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 opencolleges.ed.au. uh This is resource number seven. And it says, it's a, it's an article that will go through uh, ways of having more fun, 15 ways to have more fun, refuse to be a boring teacher. Um, I think we all, of course, uh, want to have fun, whether it's in a classroom or outside of a classroom, but sometimes, particularly as a new teacher, you you might be a little bit uh, more introverted yourself and you might want to sort of project a, a different version of yourself. But I think you'll understand that as you go through and relate to your students, it's important to sort of open up and show who you really are um, to make your lessons and your, and your classes a little bit more organic. So to summarize the... Ten tips I have here for new teachers. One, lesson plan. Two, make learning equitable. Three, address why they should care. Four, embrace technology. Five, employ active learning. Six, use formative assessments. Seven, value students' collective knowledge. Eight, surround yourself with good people. Nine, make yourself available to students. And ten, be yourself and have fun. Thank you for listening. This was Harnick Gill's Tilly 701 podcast, 10 Tips for New Teachers.